Aloha Wahine Collective Family. We have a special episode for you today. Welcome to our very first panel session with the Wahine Collective team. In this episode, we got to talk story with the awesome Felicia, who is the owner of Spirits of Aloha. We got to learn from her how to make mocktails. So head over to our Instagram page to see the making of our very first Wahine Refresher Mocktail. We also got to discuss our spiritual journeys and where we are in our faith. So, to hear more of Lena, Liza, Kati, Aries, Sophia, and Chloe's story, just continue listening. So, for those of you guys who are listening, um, this is Wahine Ko, and um, today we're just going to get deep and talk about our spiritual journeys. So I think we need some alcohol or mocktail, <laughs> which Felicia from Spirits of Aloha Bartending, um, that's the name of her website and her Instagram. And yeah, she, she made a cool concoction for us that we're gonna try to make, try to duplicate, duplicate <laughs> as best as we can. So thanks for joining us, Felicia. Yeah, thank you guys for um, allowing me to be a part of this. Um, it really is such a good opportunity and to be around, you know, such good energy as well is really refreshing. Um, so I I wanted to apologize to everybody. I got kind of mixed up with the emails and I don't have my ingredients, but I'm so happy you guys are prepared. Today. <laughs> um, so uh, this 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 mocktail is actually um, in, inspired kind of like from a Hawaii tropical vibe. And it's it just includes real simple, basic ingredients and real basic um, just techniques. Um, so I believe we all have what our mint, our pineapple and cucumbers, all right? And basically what we're gonna do is that we're gonna put it into a glass um, and we're gonna go ahead and um, smash it up or if you have ice and you have a shaker on hand by any chance, go ahead and shake that. And what you're gonna do is you're just gonna put a little bit of water with your fresh fruit. I'm just gonna shake it any way to break it apart, any way to just really get these ingredients really smashed down. Um, and when it comes to mint too, it's what's really cool is that um, to get the aromatics from the mint, it has to be corn. Um, if you have mint in your hand, um, you can actually like, you can actually hit it and then smell it and the mint will actually release all these aromatics. Um, and that's how we get mint to smell so good. So um, torn up mint. Um, if you guys have any questions too, please feel free to <laughs> Go ahead. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to add these ingredients to the glass and we're going to top it off with our club soda and our ginger beer. Uh, make sure we have lots of ice too. Um, one of the reasons why you don't want to shake or muddle things with club soda or anything carbonated is because all that pressure will build and it will explode. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Don't when like did you start bartending, Felicia? Um, when I, I believe when I just turned 21, so uh, wow. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, yeah. Wow, it's the spirit of aloha uh, bartending. <laughs> so when did that come to fruition? When did you start that? Um, I started it officially in 2015, um, but I was doing side jobs for um, uh, McAllen Whiskey. I did a, um, a whiskey tasting for them out in Kapolei. 
and they just needed a simple bartender. And I remember thinking I could do this myself. And a year later, um, I just, you know, started the business and it just- That's great. So um, you love what you do and, and the business side of it too, right? You get to meet a lot of people. Yes, a lot of people from all over the world. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny though, because when I first started the business, um, I just was the bartender. And eventually as the months progressed and the years progressed, I had to turn into a business owner, which is really, really where you separated, you know, like at CPK, I'm a, I'm a bartender, they give me a menu and I make those drinks and the way to make it. And then with Spirits of Aloha, I'm a business owner, you know, I don't, I don't ever step behind the bar. Um, so it's that transition that really, really made me grateful for the, the process and the whole journey. Oh, wow. So, um, what is your favorite drink? Your, you know, your favorite meaning oh, that's like a good question. personal uh, favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a real traditional, um, person when it comes to drinks. So I really enjoy whiskey and wine. So, really? um, any type of wine, um, by the way, guys, you guys are doing so good. You guys, you guys have muddlers and everything. Chloe, Aries, you guys are like, doing, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome yeah. what should we do after we um muddle actually yeah so you have a little bit of water in there and you want to just add ice and just top it off with that club soda. oh got it got it got it okay so sorry i might be a little behind but we're crushing everything right yeah. like pineapple mint and cucumber yep, yep yep okay got it i think when it comes to drinking at home i believe that it doesn't it does it, it it's more graceful it doesn't matter but when you're preparing a drink for someone else, yeah, obviously, true. Felicia, you got to make sure it's it's all about the, the presentation. Yeah. Absolutely. So you are a woman mixologist. And how many women mixologists do you know of? Like, is there a lot in Hawaii? Uh, I actually know of a few. Um, I've had the really good opportunity to work with a bunch, work alongside, open a few bars on Hawaii um, alongside of them. Um, but you know, it, and it's the, being a woman in the, in, behind a bartender is not anything new. Um, you know, so it, it's a really good profession as a woman. And so I know a lot of really smart and intellectual bartenders that come down from the mainland who've helped up open up pint and jigger. Um, that's awesome. Pint and jigger. I just love the whiskey selection there. I'm so happy. That it's was so refreshing. And it's I see what so everyone's looks like. I don't know if mine is good. It's not yeah, bad. You should almost have almost like a very green tint to it. That's how you know you've muddled everything. Okay. Extracted oh. Yeah, everyone's great. Yeah. I oh, see. Should, um, take, a, take a picture. Oh, we can yeah. do one with, with, with our drinks and one without. Oh, okay. Felicia, I feel so like bad. A shot. <laughs> I'll take one without our drinks so that it's just everyone smiling. I'll do a screenshot. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah. Just without it? Yeah, without it. Okay. okay. Ready? One, two, three. Nice. <laughs> Yay. Okay. With drinks. Yeah. Thank you, Felicia. And uh, this is to our our discussion and our panel discussion. But we want to thank Spirits of Aloha Bartending. And Felicia, we want to see you again next week. So please come thank back. Thank you very much, ladies. I will see you next week. Thank you so much. Yay. 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 Take care. God bless. Thank you. Take care, Felicia. God bless. Bye. Thanks. I'm Lena. I'm the editor in chief of the Wahina Collective, 
and my favorite drink is coffee. Hi guys, I'm Chloe. I am uh, do creative media strategy and I also like coffee, but I, if it was an alcoholic drink, I would say white wine. Hello, my name is Liza. I am content creator for the Wahine Collective and my favorite drink is a matcha latte ice, preferably with oat milk. Ooh. Hi, I'm Aries, and I am the founder of Wahini Collective. My favorite drink in the morning, for sure, it's coffee. I can't wake up without it. But at night, I'd like to make myself an old-fashioned, so. Hi, my name is Lisa Hall. You guys probably have heard my voice on here before. I'm the podcast director. Favorite drink, I really love tea but also a good Mai Tai. Mm. Aloha, everybody. My name is Sophia, and I am the social and event liaison for the Wahine Collective. And my favorite non-alcoholic drink is just um, green tea. And for alcoholic drink, I really love umesh. Umeshu. Umeshu. What's that? It's a type of sake. Oh, oh wow. Oh, fancy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, yeah, it sounds expensive. hi i'm tati Uh, i am the social media engagement manager and i love all kinds of drinks but my favorite is probably an iced matcha oat milk with a little bit of sweetener and um when i'm you know when it's a night out it's a martini extra dirty extra olives (laughs) 007 (laughs) Well, I just want to add that my favorite alcoholic drink is probably anything refreshing. So actually this, and not too sweet. So this thing that we made with Felicia is amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I really like this too. Good. Not too sweet. Not, not too the- rancid. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about my spiritual journey. And thank you, Felicia, again for the drink. It's so delicious. Um, So I am, let's see, my spiritual journey. So I grew up in a really religious, not, I'm not trying to make it sound bad, but like my parents were just very like, you know, devout Christians and they were involved in the church. We went to church like three times, four times a week because my mom had Bible studies. She had worship practice and I would love going to church. And I grew up being in like the children's ministry leadership. And um, eventually I was like on the worship team in high school. And then in college, I was on the worship team again. I was just like, oh, was at church. And then somewhere around college, I took like these ethic, <laughs> ethics classes and religion classes. And then my friend was also like pretty against um, I guess just like religion in general, because she's a Jehovah witness, but she got, um, she got disfellowshipped because I don't know, it was too strict and young kids are going to do what they're going to do. So um, I don't know what happened. I just kind of started thinking, just had me thinking. And I was like, is this really what I, sorry about the motorcycle. Um, Is this really what I, you know, want to do and I feel like currently I feel very like I still feel like a spiritual person and I feel like I do believe in God but I'm a little I'm a little shy about churches because in college I felt like 
there is a few Christian friends that judged me based on like I was like dating a boy and then they're like he's too old for you and they're just all up in my business <laughs> I don't know I just felt really judged by them because I, I don't know I was like really young and then I kind of felt hurt by those Christians and I kind of after that experience I kind of just was like um I don't know I was hurt and I I was scared to go back to church and I was like why why do I feel like that and then also my mom was like trying to force me to go to church after that whole experience and I was just like so turned off so I was just like all of these Christians are like pressuring me and I don't understand why and that just like turned me off but slowly as I'm getting older I'm kind of realizing that like you know like not everyone is like that in the church um I think it's just really intimidating to me as a group it just seems like really intimidating and um, like you have to act a certain way but as I um, was involved in Common Grace which is like a nonprofit I work for and they're faith-based um, I just kind of realized like it's the people that make the church that you're in or um, and they're like accepting of whatever journey that you're on and they're not always going to like judge you and especially like being in Wahineko I think you know, everyone is so accepting and I really, I really appreciate it. And I, it's really like warming me up to like religious groups again, or I don't, I don't like the word groups. I don't know what it is about it, but just like, I think it's like the people that make, make the religion, not, not the collective like group or church or anything. Mm. Uh, okay that was like all over the place but that is my spiritual journey <laughs> yeah I love Yay. it yeah Yay. and I like that you're I mean just in general you know not even on the podcast but like you're upfront with where like you're at and what you've believed and you're not like you don't shy away from it um yeah, yeah so like that honesty is really good thanks Chloe it's kind of scary but I feel really comfortable with all you ladies and I know you accept me for whatever journey I'm on spiritually and won't judge me. So thank you. <laughs> well, Lena, we, we dropped you off a lot at church at, at one oh time. We were like, is that, is that where she actually hangs out every day? Seriously? <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> Does she have a life? You know, we feel so bad. We're like, <laughs> No, I mean, because I, I didn't know what church at that time was like. So I, I just thought she had to always work. Yeah. Like, when I when I see a church building, I feel like you're you're working. I, I, I have no idea what she's doing inside. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like she's so disciplined, though, at that time. She was so disciplined. <laughs> Not anymore. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> I think also just the background for listeners, Lena and Aries go way back. So <laughs> she's talking yes. about, yeah, back when I'm guessing Aries used to drop her off back in the day. Yeah. So sorry, really quickly. Hannah Bada days. Hannah Bada days. <laughs> yeah. So like Aries was not a Christian and like Tati is my best friend who's also on in Wahineko and they, we, I would just hang out with them and they would drop me off at church. And then they ended up, Auntie ended up being a Christian and going to the church that I stopped going to, which is really <laughs> funny. 
but yeah side story Lena, <laughs> that, Lena that was good advertising that was good <laughs> you did that on purpose that was that was you doing it all this time <laughs> okay so mine's like started similar with Lena's um I grew up in a Christian home and just grew up with good morals and everything, but it just never, I think it just never meant a lot. I remember listening to people's testimonies on stage, talk about God. And I was like, Oh, I would never talk about God like that. Um, but then in my senior year of high school, I started going to a youth group and I just remember being so in awe that people young and my age or a little bit older were so excited about the Bible. And I think that was just something I had never seen before. So I started going and I loved it. And that turned into like the rest of high school and then all of college going at, going to this church. And I really believe it was good. And I learned so much about God and so much about the Bible. And I was like super gung-ho about all of it. But my senior year of college, um, basically the pastor got exposed for sexual abuse um, with two other girls at the church. And that kind of like lifted the veil of the fact that the church was like a Christian cult. And we had been told, like I, I had been told over the years, like, hey, you're in a cult, you're in a cult. But I was just like, no, what are you talking about? Like, no, it's not true. And actually in like the healing process after that, a pastor from another church came to like help I guess everyone heal and he was like this this is a christian cult and you know this is what was wrong and he spelled it out a little bit more but yeah i think that veil being lifted was just like a huge shocker um because this was my world for like four years and i had literally cut off relationships for the people here and i literally saw the people at this church every single day and it, it was just like every asset of facet of my life like school and, and work was in this church which was not healthy um, so yeah, I think it was like a double-sided thing of like, it was so good, but also it like caused all of this hurt and it just like forced me into several years of just reevaluating. Like, do I even, was this good? Do I even believe in this? Um, like I didn't want to read the Bible at all. It was like a trigger. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to like do ministry for church. I think I was just so kind of like burnt out too of the mentality that was ingrained like to work, 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 and like is, is essentially what Aries was saying, like church is work and you'd always be serving okay. or just like the pressure to do good or the pressure to be like to uphold a certain image of being a certain way. So yeah, I think the past couple of years has just been like a lot of healing and unraveling. And like now I, I actually, I just finished, I was reading the Bible in a, a chronological plan and it was to read the Bible all the way through, like front to front to back. And I've never done that before. And I just finished. So I started like after I got married. Yeah. And um, the beginning of quarantine. And I just finished like last week. So and it was so good. Like I really enjoyed reading the Bible. And that was something that had been gone for a while. So it's just kind of cool to see like the healing journey and talking with friends has been really healing just that we're in like the cult with me to talk about, you know, the journey since then and to talk about healing and sorting through like faith and being okay with where you're at, like what Lena was saying, like I wasn't at that place. Like I couldn't have said that I wasn't doing okay. It took a long time to get to that point. So yeah, and I think I would want to share that story just because like I didn't know spiritual abuse was a thing. I didn't even know that existed. Like I know I was listening to a lot of resources that say you go to church to expect to feel safe. 
but so often that's not what happens. And people are kind of just shocked because they're like, what? I thought I came to church to feel safe and why are people hurting me? But to realize that like people will fail no matter what. Um, and as a Christian, I believe that God's the only one that won't fail you. But like people inevitably are like, where we have faults. So I, yeah, I think that's what I'd want to share. But also that it's okay to not be okay and to like sit in it, which I think I, I really admire that about you, Lena. So yeah, that's my story and where I'm at now. Thanks for sharing, Chloe. Yeah. I think it's important for us as Christians to really, um, as you ladies have done, to be transparent, especially with people who are not Christian or who don't have like a clue of what does it even mean to have faith? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be a part of the church? And to know that there are struggles within that, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, God is greater and he's mm -hmm. there throughout our struggles. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not like here to say that every church is like a cult, <laughs> but um, at that specific one, like to give examples, like girls and guys had to sit separate. You couldn't talk to each other. Um, like you couldn't go to the beach and wear a bathing suit. So like for four years, I went to the beach and wore like full shorts and shirt in the water. And like you had to like we were in like a discipleship group where you had to pray a certain amount of time and you had to tell someone like how long you prayed for and what you, like the time you started and the time you stopped and you had to report to like this website that the pastor had set up and give like praise reports at least once a week. So it's just like a lot of rigidity. I think that's where the pastor came with like Christian cult, but I'm not just here to say that all churches are cults or all churches are bad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah because you go to a great church right now and you right, found right, other yeah. churches so. yeah yeah and I think that's a big thing too because at the time the, my mentality was this is the best church this is how you do it but then mm. being exposed to so many other you know Christians including you guys in different walks you know just to say like oh there's a ton of really good churches and a ton of you know ways to do life it doesn't have to be just one way yeah so I grew up as a Catholic, actually. Um, I was baptized as a Catholic while I was when I was born. And during elementary school and part of middle school, I went to a Catholic church in Kalihi every Sunday. Um, and then I stopped going once my dad started working every Sunday morning. So there was no motivation to go to church because the whole family wasn't going to go um, because my dad wasn't going to be there. And then my mom started picking up shifts at work. So like, I felt like Sundays of like going to church felt um, like an obligation. And I felt like I was just being there to be there. And I can be like, Oh, I'm holy for going to church on Sunday. And then once high school came, I didn't have a thought about, my faith, even like continuing to tell people I'm a Catholic. And um, it was really hard to walk in a faith that I didn't really believe in, but it was a part of like my family and like the culture and even um, like my aunties, uncles and everyone would be at church. And then they always talked about the Bible and to pray and to say grace and all that stuff. To me, those were foreign, and I didn't even open up. I would say that I have never opened up a Bible until, like, my junior year of high school. I was so scared to read it. I just felt like 
if I were to have read the Bible, it would be filled with everything that I've done wrong. I'd be accused of all these things that I've done in my past. And it felt like I was a failure. So when I was a junior in high school, I did theater. And when I was in the middle of a rehearsal one day, a friend of mine found a brochure of a church that was held every Sunday at that auditorium that I practice at. He picked it up and asked me, hey, do you want to go to church with me? And I'm like, oh, okay. And to keep in mind, like I just got through a breakup with this person that literally told me when we broke up, you need Jesus. And I'm like, oh, don't you dare say that to me. But here I am now, like I'm going to church. And from that moment that I stepped into that auditorium, but instead of going to rehearsal, I was going to church. It was a different experience. I knew no one. Um, and it was just me and my friend. And I remember just listening to like a worship song. I'm like, why is everyone talking about love and Jesus? Like, this isn't the Catholic church I used to go to. Like, why, why is everyone so nice to me? Why are we singing about a God that loves us, that cares for us? Um, and during that time, I was trying to figure out what my plans were after high school, like what school I was going to go to, um, what was I going to major in and all that stuff. I felt like I needed my life to be figured out at that moment before I graduated high school. So I ended up not knowing what to do. I was like, OK, I'll just go to a school in Hawaii. And from there, I got asked by a friend of mine who was just volunteering for a nonprofit back then um, while I was a mentor for she just continued to talk to me and she started to do life with me she actually helped me get ready for prom she took me to get my manicure and pedicure she cared for me when I was in my lowest and from there I went to a Christian camp where I had no phone I had no connection with anyone that I that was there with me. And then I left there feeling changed and renewed. And just to conclude with my spiritual journey is that I always felt like I needed everything to be planned out from my job to the school I was gonna go to. I felt like I had to have all the answers up front, but with my faith now in God, it's taught, he's taught me to trust in him. And no matter what the outcome is going to look like, that he's there right beside me. Yeah, that's my faith journey. Thanks for that insight. Yeah, that is that is great, um, Liza. And I think also just for our listeners, in case we have any Catholic listeners, I think uh, we don't want to come across um, that you know have certain views. I think also taking this story as Liza's story, and that we don't project that to any other Catholic person because we don't know what happens in every Catholic church. So yeah, I think it's important to see that as Liza's story. I see. Well, I am um, so deep in so much uh, thoughts and processing right now, um, but I'd love to just share with you guys, you know, um, I wanted to tell you that as you are sharing, there's three different key areas I thought is the former us and, and, and the 
the the emotional part was that was the pain where whoever is going through that pain. And so we want to not generalize it, but we want to sort of like make sure that we understand we're going through transformation. And then the transformation is our journey, right? Is this whole thing is our journey. Um, so there's a, a three, if you will, path that each of us probably uh, walked as we find our journey in the in the spiritual realm. So I, I really believe when um, I was born, um, I was special. I don't know. I just felt special. My parents treated me really um, with with lots of love, and my mom uh, loved me unconditionally. And um, so the faith that I had before, you know, does not uh, speak how my parents treated me, my family treated me. So. I grew up as a Muslim, and uh, but it's a loving family. We have, I'm originally Indonesian, so, and my name is Aries, so it is Zodiac name, in, and in Indonesia, it's actually a very, very popular name. But um, as, as a Muslim kid, I traveled a lot. I even went to Damascus and Jordan and all those area Syrians, and, but from a historical point, point of view. So that always fascinated me. Um, I grew up to be very curious. Um, and I was 16, I moved to Germany and lived with my brother. And um, remember, that was kind of like color, I just realized there's just so many opportunities and choices. And um, so I, I choose to be independent, because I wanted to stay away from my mom and dad. And uh, they love me, you know, but now it's my turn to like really uh, experience life on my own. So didn't realize that I think I, I pushed myself too fast in a way. You know, I felt like I wasn't ready, but I told myself I am. So and that kind of happened where I met uh, my first husband, which is Tati's dad. And uh, we moved to Hawaii um, and um, it's just like a really, really dream of mine. When I was in Germany, I wanted to move here. So this like just the swaying of, you know, palm trees. But it is paradise. It's very beautiful. But life is not always beautiful, right? You just went through, you know, just bad stuff. So uh, and relationship is tough. And when you're growing as an individual through that 20s, you know, there's just a lot of crisis sometimes can happen. So I was in a crisis, um, you know, our marriage didn't work out. And um, so, yeah, and but I have my beautiful daughter and that is a proof of life. You know, life brings a lot of good stuff, even through hard times. Um, so seven years later, I found this really, um, awesome person and my second husband, Robert, which took me in and Tatiana. And I thought life was just like, oh, back to normal. Um, at the time, my faith was just like, yeah, whatever. So, you know, I'm good right now. I'm remarried. I don't need anybody else. I just need a man. <laughs> um, security, et cetera, et cetera. 
So, um, yeah, I think three years after our marriage, things start to come up and it's, it's what I call is my, um, my lost, like inside of my guts, I was lost actually. I, and I just felt so angry and I felt so, um, just mad at the world. So I went to see a therapist and like, boom, 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 you know, you meet with her every week. And then a year after she's like, you need spiritual help. And I'm like, what? No, I don't know what that means. I, I can do this myself. I don't need anything else. I don't need anyone to help me. So, um, but yeah, life itself did not go that way. So my mom was passing away and my mom-in-law was in Texas. My mom is in Indonesia and my husband, Robert had to fly to Texas. And um, anyways, I had to stay in Hawaii with Tatiana just in case I had to fly in. Um, and I was just my independent me said, no, I can figure this out. I don't need any help. But my inside of me was breaking, hopeless, um, just like, I can't do this myself. So I need spiritual help. That's what I remember. I need spiritual help. So I called my best friend's cousin and I said, I need you to talk to me, help me pr pray to your Jesus. So I'd I'm like, I don't know who Jesus is, but I know you know Jesus. So can you pray? And I need this spiritual Jesus of yours to come in my life, in my heart. So she goes, of course. She was like so happy. But I, want to, I just want to say that she was just a friend. It wasn't like she was, you know, right, always trying to tell me about Jesus. She was just there. And she held my hand. I closed my eyes. We prayed to Jesus. And I was just like, Whatever it was, I don't know, the darkness around me, it starts to melt. Uh, it, it's not easy, spiritual journey. So I accepted the Lord. It's not easy because that's, not, that's just the beginning for me. So the transformation, I would say, is the like Liza was saying, that relationship. But if you don't know relationship with other people, with yourself, you, you just don't know what that is. But God showed me what relationship is. It wasn't just with people, like not men or, you know, people, your friends, kids. It's with the up, up in the top, with the spiritual relationship. So then I understand it like spiritual relationship. That is just like open, open to the spiritual relationship. So once I found that spiritual relationship, uh, which, you know, by serving in the ministry that I'm in and just opening up to what, who I am and what I'm, what I'm here to send for during this time in the world, all the relationship can happen. I mean, I can build a relationship like there's no tomorrow now. So I am not afraid. Uh, and that is my ministry, you know, is to rebuild relationship with our Heavenly Father and our spiritual journey to rebuild that relationship with myself, my own spiritual journey. And so if I can conclude where my spiritual journey right now is just, I'm sacred. I'm a woman. God created me to be a woman. And I'm sitting 
in the beginning of Genesis in that tree and waiting and just waiting, but patiently. And I'm not forcing myself to say, I got to be this, I got to be that, but I'm just being with him. So thank you for listening, guys. That was a lot. So sorry. Thank you for being so vulnerable with this, Auntie. Oh, I love it. I feel like we all are in different journeys. So mm-hmm. I hope we can help others. All right. So my my faith journey. I grew up in a non-Christian home. So both my parents were not Christian, but my grandmother was. So I think when I was a baby or a toddler, I went to church with her. But one thing that was... Um, that's surprising to me is ever since, as far as I can remember, second grade. So I had a friend in second grade um, asked me to go to church with her family. (laughs) So looking back now, I was like, wow, like there's people like in second grade already who are so um, strong in their faith and who have a great foundation. So I think that's amazing (laughs) because that's not where I was. Anyway, um, so throughout my life, I've always had a friend invite me to church with with her family. So it was like my friend, her family, and me ever since second grade because my parents were not Christian. So I always, yeah. So anyway, I even I I guess I could say I grew up in the church, which is funny because when most people say that, it means they went with their family, but I didn't. <laughs> So growing up in the church, I didn't really have a relationship with God. I think I was doing the religion thing where it's like, oh, yeah, you go to to church on Sundays. That's what you do. Um, But yeah, I think as I was going to church, my relationship with God was kind of like a genie in the bottle thing. Like, Lord, please make me team captain. Lord, please help me pass this test. Um, And it was only when I got to 10th grade, I had a friend once again, (laughs) write me a letter. And just she was in the letter, she mentioned something about how uh, she was speaking to God. And for me, that was a a hard moment. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You can actually do that? Because I had been so used to sitting in church pews and listening to a pastor and then never really opening up my Bible, never really having that relationship for myself. And it was only after I spoke, after my friend wrote a letter that um, I, I started like being curious about the personhood of God. And like, um, I think that's when I first heard the gospel for the first time in my life, because I don't think Jesus was a huge part of my walk because I think like everyone is like, yes, of course, I believe in God. Like in South Africa, yeah, growing up in South Africa, if you ask anyone in South Africa, they'll say, yes, I believe. like I don't think we have that many atheists too. <laughs> like everyone believes in God, but it's like, yeah, do you do you know about Jesus? Do you know like what Jesus has done and like just the bible through like the story of jesus and so for me finding that out was something huge but also touching on to what airy said um really realizing that 
I was created by such a mighty God and a powerful God and that there's purpose in it and that they um, just his love that he has for us. It really helped me because um, I, I would think of myself before getting sick. I mean, I, I still am kind of a fixer. Like it's like, what's the issue? Let's get in and let's fix it. <laughs> so the sad uh, flip coin to that is when I was not able to fix a problem, then I would basically crush. Like you feel crushed because you feel that you have failed and I've done everything in my power, but now um, I, I, it's over. But now like knowing God now and knowing Jesus and having that relationship, like you even see in the Bible, that not everything goes to plan <laughs> and that um, God is always in, in that walk with us, even when things don't go to plan and knowing that it's okay, which is what you guys have been talking about today. It's, it's, it's okay to be in that way because I feel like I had a mentality of everything can be fixed and everything should be perfect. <laughs> and I think it's a very, I don't think it's healthy, but I think it's good to to have goals to be able to fix things, but also balance it with um, these these evil in this world. And this world is not perfect, but there is a greater God who who will make it perfect and who's in that brokenness of it too. So, but I think for me, what the major reason I the major part I think people should take out of my story is that. Um, God has placed people in our lives and um, we, I think it's cool to see like everyone's purpose in our lives because I remember recently someone asked me, oh, so are you, are you like this way in your faith because of your husband? Because <laughs> everyone knows Michael is Christian and people who know Michael. And at first I was like, I was a little bit insulted by it. I'm like, what does she mean? But when I had to think about it, I was like, well, it's actually not insulting because it gives glory to God that they, like God really cares about relationships and the fact that as Christians, we don't do it alone. Like we, yes, there is the church part, like you guys spoke, and there's the relationship part, um, our relationship with God, but it's also very important, the relationships that we have with other people and who strengthen us too in our journeys. So I'm very thankful for you ladies who are part of God's plan in my life. It's like a continuation of what God has been doing for me from day one in bringing people that bring me closer um, to my faith with him. Wow, that was, that's amazing, Leseho. And I think I, I could really resonate with your with your story because you know you you grew up in South Africa and I grew up in um the Philippines so I was born and I was born in a catholic family in the Philippines but it wasn't something I chose I was just born into it so yeah but then when I was 7 my family left the Philippines and we started traveling around the world so we lived in Singapore and then we lived in Brazil and those two living in those two countries was really interesting because we didn't practice any um religion. You know, my mom still 
says, oh, we're, we're Christians, she's Catholic, but we weren't really practicing it because it was just hard to find a community in a different, in a different country. So yeah, but what was interesting is that during my, um, my studies in Brazil, I went to an international school. So all my classmates were people from all over the world, you know. Um, I had a friend from Pakistan, from Norway. And even from that, from an early age, I was so interested as to how they, how, like, how they cope with hardships of life. Because when I lived in the Philippines, you know, I lived in the slums area where sometimes you really don't know where your next meal is going to come from. But then when I moved to Brazil and going into an international school, I was surrounded by really, you know, privileged people. One of my classmates, his dad was like a famous um, football player. So my classmates were really, were really up there. But, you know, for me, I grew up in like, like, you know, not having everything just given to me, like in my family, like financially, we didn't have financial stability. So because of, I had those two drastically different lifestyle, like experiencing those two lifestyle and experiencing different kinds of people that lived in that lifestyle. I was so curious as to how, how people cope. Because when I was in the Philippines, I saw that people were still happy. You know, we didn't have it all, but the kind of lifestyle that people had is like your family really cherishes you. And even though you're going through a lot of hardship, like I knew that I wasn't alone. But then when I moved around, I noticed the different ways that that's lacking for people that have it all financially. So with that, I was, I was so curious. And then my family moved to um, Houston, Texas. And because we were back in, um, in America, we were able to find like a, a small Filipino community there. And with that, my, my mom got us back into church. I was around in middle school. I was in middle school at that time. So I didn't really understood what everything was. Like I was just going with the flow. You know, I wanted to be the, the good daughter that did what, hey, you know, this is what's good for you, um, the church. So I did that but um, I wasn't fully committed to it. And then life happened and there was a lot of things that just went wrong with my family. You know, my family, my parents got divorced and yeah, it was, it was a really dark time for me when I was in Texas. So, <laughs> so my mom put my sister and I in Alateen. So if you don't know what that is, it's like an Al-Anon for teenagers, you know, AA meetings like Alcoholics Anonymous so because I was in that um in that kind of support group I felt really loved and just appreciated and the person that was um, monitoring that that meeting was a Christian so she kept um she told me how you know Christ is love for me and how I could deal with what's going on at home in a healthier way but even with that, I was still not, <laughs> I was still not fully committed to Christianity, but I, I like what she was telling me, you know, and then I could say that, like, going into Al-Anon and Alateen really helped me, it really did help me cope with my, um, with what was going on at home, and it made me have more empathy with my family, and that had, and that 
that added to my spiritual connection, even though I didn't know it at that time. And then when I moved to um, when I moved here to Hawaii, I got involved with um, Common Grace with Auntie Aries, Lena, and you know I just I was feel I was surrounded by really loving people, and I could just feel that they accepted me in a way that. I've never felt before. So moving around to different countries, I felt like I didn't really have like a stable base because I was always moving. I was always meeting new people, create, having to create a new community that didn't really last. Like it was when I almost have it, it was gone again. And I felt like there was always a hole inside of me until recently, like that uh, I was able to be a part of Common Grace and I just felt really accepted. So, but then I decided to go to college in Oregon <laughs> and I had to be away from that, like from that community. And I just became a Christian right before I went to college on Oregon. So it was like the perfect timing of that transition, you know? And when I went to Oregon, I was so curious, like my curiosity got turned on again because I had friends, like my best friend at that time, oh, she's still my best friend, she's Muslim. And then my other, my other closest friend, she's Christian. So I was surrounded by people that just had different beliefs and different ways of, you know, dealing with their, with their problems. But, but then I, w I was thinking like, how could I, as a Christian, like as a Christian woman, you know, love onto my friends even though they have different beliefs as me so I think that's something that I I I was processing as I was moving to different countries you know having to meet different people and then um, digesting the different ways that our beliefs are different and how do I go with that um, with that bridge so yeah and then I moved back here to um, to Hawaii and when I moved here, that's, it's really the time where I was able to like really solidify my faith because um, I got the opportunity to work with Uncle Jay and Auntie Aries again. And every Sunday, Uncle Jay and I do this holo holo adventures where we go to different churches and, you know, we just encourage those pastors. So I think that my journey has been really <laughs> a mixture of meeting different people meeting different cultures not just within like different countries but within the um, christian community as well you know i get to see how different denominations function and that really helped me choose the religion that i am in right now you know i i believe that my experience made me realize that i'm not choosing christianity as a default like i i know how other religion and how other people deal with their issue but or like how they deal with their spirituality but I choose to go into Christianity because this is what um what just feels good for me and where I feel safe so I guess what I want people to get out of my story is that you know as a as a baby Christian well I'm not a baby Christian anymore but when I was at that time you know I was curious I was I wanted to explore different religion and see different kind of people and you know sometimes I hear like oh don't do that don't don't go to the mosque don't go to the temple it's like I, I often hear that from my friends like oh you're you're sinning if you do that but 
for me, just from my personal experience, like being able to actually see my friends and see the ways that they that they do, you know, their spirituality helps solidify my faith in the end, in the long run. So, yeah. That's good. Because I feel like I do hear that a lot. Like, oh, you know, stay this or stay that. So, yeah, that's a good takeaway, Sophia. Yeah, I think yeah. just like how, you know, how Seho and Sophia, how you traveled too, you must have seen and experienced so much. And that really shaped, you know, your story. So I can only imagine all the different experiences you've been through and hardships and stuff like that and you know positive things too I think for me and mom you obviously know this um I I grew up just I just felt like there were so many different voices for me and so many different things like so many different routes that people wanted me to take so my grandma on my mom's side was Muslim and it was like you pray three times a day I didn't even know what I was doing nobody told me what I was doing or five times a day I think and then my grandma on my my mom's side or my dad's side would force me to go to temple with her she was Buddhist and she just would be like we have to go and there was no questions asked and if I didn't go it would be like this whole thing um and so I just always felt uncomfortable because I just always had felt since I was like a child like a baby even like forced to do all of these things that I not that I didn't want to do it but I just felt like I was never really given an explanation and it's not like I grew up in a family where it was integrated it or anything like that like I you know my my dad like had girlfriends who would we would I would go to like word of life or like Catholic churches with them and I was just so confused so I think like to be honest I'm still on my faith journey and I I feel like I still need to get to know who I am but I've been so um what's that word like um hurt in the past because I just felt forced and guilty for not going oh of course Olive barks right now um, but, but I think net net of that is just, I, I just felt like I was never choosing what I wanted to do. Like, and I think that's why I've kind of been like this rogue independent girl, like leaving to New York city and kind of just doing something that I wanted to do. And now, you know, um, my boyfriend, his family is very involved in the church too. And we've always talked about how we really want to find our own, our own like personal faith journey. And I'm, I'm still learning who I am. So it's kind of all colliding and I'm sure it will. I realize the importance of having my own faith story, but I've all, I always kind of go back to my, my youth and how scared I, and how just frustrated I was with all these different voices that weren't my own telling me what to do. So me thinking like, Oh, I need to find my own journey. I'm like, but what if I get hurt again? And what if I don't know what I want? So um, it's like these conflicting views that I'm sure like eventually I'll figure it out, but I'm still so like, you know, you know, you have a bad breakup and you always think about it. Like, it's just kind of one of those very scarring situations for me, but you know, I see how much my mom's life has changed, but for me, it's just like, I haven't found my own story just yet and it's all it's just because of all of the like baggage unfortunately so hopefully I can get through that at some point in my life especially being here in the city during you know everything that's happening right now 
um, I do feel like, to be honest, there is something missing. So I'm hoping that I can just figure out my own, you know, I can figure it out on my own. Like, I just want to do it on my own, you know what I mean? Yeah. As all of jumps on the table. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I'm still on my own journey. Like, I believe in God, but I just want to figure it out by myself. Like, I don't know. I feel like a child saying that, but like, I, I really just, I need to do this on my own, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's gonna, if it's gonna take a couple years, like, I, I, it's fine. I just want to do it when it feels and that's really everything like if I you know when I first moved here I was like if I come here and I fail like I'll leave and it's fine but we'll see I I mean like even with my mom too like it took her you know mom it took you so much time to figure it out and you know look how happy you are so but yeah I think um when it's natural and it it will feel right and um yeah I don't know if we talked about it but Tati is Aries daughter did we say that in the beginning (laughs) Okay, just making sure. Awesome. I feel like uh, just listening to you, I mean, everyone actually, listening to everyone, uh, I'm I'm feeling safe. Like, I feel like this is such a safe place for us to really go deeper um, where maybe to some people it's not, you know, you can't really utter those things and I, I believe that I want to that you know reiterate that everyone is in a safe place um, and no, we're not forcing anyone to believe in our faith or even understand our journey <laughs> but I do believe that a story can just change someone's life so I hope that by sharing our story of vulnerability that it resonate to some, some people out there, you know, um, whether they're in New York or here in Hawaii, um, that life itself is just sometimes different, but similar because the pain that we're feeling and the joy that we're feeling are kind of the same. You know, you get married, you find someone, you give birth. Those are life and you break up. So, um, yeah, so without judging and without making any assumption, uh, it's just about our journey. And we hope to, we hope to have a, a community where you guys can, you know, out there, listeners can share your journey. Yes, thank you so much for everyone listening to us right now. Um, I really hope that you get something out of all our stories, you know, I feel like every one of us were able to be vulnerable and be just completely transparent with our stories. So I hope that that inspired you to do the same as well. I just want to give a quick shout out to Felicia from Spirit of Aloha for teaching us how to make amazing mocktails. You know, I can't wait to do it again and to do a panel like this again maybe with with her next time so thank you for listening and yeah let us know if you want to hear more of this in the future bye